0: Well, nothing is more central to the theme of the Bible than the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. It has been said to be the focal point of all the ages. All of the Old Testament looks forward to the coming of the Messiah, the Redeemer, and the sacrifice that he would make for sin, while the New Testament explains the meaning of the cross and the blessings that come from it. Nothing thrills the heart of the believer more than the cross of Christ and the Christ of the Cross. Evangelist and teacher Mr. Jim Smith brings to us the cross in his message today. He talks about how God chose the cross to be the expression of His extreme love for us, how Christ chose the cross out of devotion to His Heavenly Father and the desire for our blessing, and lastly, how we, as believers should choose the cross in carrying out God's purposes in our lives for Him. Mr. Smith starts with reading some beautiful passages about the cross. And you might want to get out your Bibles and follow along as he brings before us some of the wonderful thoughts about the awesome cross of Christ.
1: Now look back to John, please, the 19th chapter, verse 16. Then delivered he, him, our blessed Lord, to them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two other with him, on either side one, and Jesus in the midst. Now one more passage, please, in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show to his disciples how he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offense to me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Then said Jesus to his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited, if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own life? or what shall a man give in exchange for his life? When the apostle was writing to the Galatians, there had been a modern cross presented to those dear believers. It was a cross that was compromising the cross of Christ. And I think, dear brethren and sisters, we have to face the fact that One great purpose of the wicked one, our adversary, the devil, is to compromise the things of Christ. He will allow us to use the same language as he did with the Galatians, but he added to it. He compromised the cross. There is a modern cross today as well. The modern cross of our day does not say death to the sinner. It just says change your ways. The modern cross of our day does not say death to Adam, to the flesh. It just says, train it. That's a modern cross. It is very touching when we look at crucifixion. Or when we are looking at a man who is to be crucified, we see a man who is bound with chains. He's bearing a cross. He's being led out to close a life. He said his last goodbyes. He'll never be in the same life again. The circumstances that he foreknew are all coming to a close. He's going to lose his identity. He is going to lose his life. The cross of Christ is teaching that remarkable and heart-searching truth. It was so with the person of the Lord Jesus, and so it should be and will be with us. God was the first one to make a choice for the cross. And we want to see his reasoning. We want to look at his purpose. We want to see the expression. What is he expressing by choosing the cross? And we look at the person of the Lord Jesus. We see him bearing his cross. Is he compelled? No. The blessed person of the Son of God chose the cross. It is humbling to my soul as we realize one of the great purposes of Christ choosing the cross was all the benefit and all the purposes of the will of God that he had for me. He chose the cross. And the disciple is to choose the cross, as we read in Matthew chapter 12. And the words that the Lord Jesus spoke really are very quite searching when we think of it. If a disciple does not choose the cross, he's not worthy to be called a disciple. So we have to realize and see the meaning of the cross. See what God teaches us concerning his appreciation, his evaluation of the utmost absolute price. Of the cross. The cross is primary for it is central in all the purposes of God. The incarnation of the Son of God, our blessed Lord, taking humanity, was in order that he might fulfil the cross. The marvel of the incarnation, all in view of Calvary, not the life of ministry. That was all to manifest his credentials for the cross, not only the, the manifestation of his power creatorial power over the elements and animals and men. No, friend, that was only to show his capacity for the cross. The cross is primary. It's supreme in the mind of God. And he is going to teach us its values relative to what follows Calvary. In order for there to be a triumphant resurrection, there must be a Calvary. There must be a cross. In order, beloved, that there might be the ascension of the Son of God through the realms of the powers of evil to the right hand of the throne in the heavens, there must be a cross. It's essential in all the purposes of God. It is central. And if that be so, it is central in my life where the cross of Calvary was to the Lord Jesus, beloved, the greatest manner of his ability to show to his God and to humanity, the wonder of a love that could never be compromised, never be adulterated, and a purpose that could never fail, never be defiled. The wonder of it. He chose the cross for the supremacy of the desire of his heart. The cross of Christ is the end of a history. That is the teaching of Romans chapter 6, the end of a history. Thank God for the end of that history. The cross of Christ is the beginning of the purposes of God. The beginning in your life and mine. That's the beginning. It takes us to Calvary. We bow our souls at Calvary. And what do I see at Calvary regarding myself? We see three crosses at Calvary. And upon the middle one is the blessed person of the Lord Jesus and all the singular glory of his purposes at the cross. He is yielding Himself. The eternal heir of all things has been brought to the dust of the abandonment and the finality of Calvary. An amazing picture may it grip our soul. And as we think of the end of that history, we think as well as the beginning of the purposes of God. For in that cross, I see another cross. And upon that cross, I hang crucified. It's my cross. I see another cross, says the Apostle when he's writing to the Galatians. It's a cross for the world. The world is upon that cross. And our blessed Lord, hanging upon the middle tree, He gives to me a new identity. The end of an old identity. He gives to me a new relationship to the world. The old relationship is past. And Christ, upon that cross, is the answer. The third thing about the cross will never be forgotten in heaven. I love to think, of the three expressions in the Revelation that tell us that the cross work of our Lord Jesus will never, ever be forgotten. It will continuously be the object of praise and as well as the theme of praise and also the reason for glory. In the fifth chapter, we listen to the song of the redeemed ones. They tell us the purpose of the cross in that song, that we are made a kingdom of priests. That's chapter 1. And in chapter 5, that's what they're fulfilling. That's its purpose. Beloved, we will ever serve God because of the cross. And it will always be the theme of our praise forever and ever. May it be our theme now. May it be that which captivates my spirit now. For forever and ever, we're going to to see the unfoldings of the work of the cross. May God graciously write it indelibly afresh upon my soul. I want to know the value of the cross. cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. But even the character of the Lamb is shown in heaven. The Lamb freshly slain. Calvary to God will forever be before His eye. The wounds of the Savior manifested forever and ever, shown to a world to justify his claims and the claims of his judgment against them for sin. Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we turn to the last chapter of Revelation, we find the truth of the Lord Jesus coming in judgment based upon the cross, based upon the work of Calvary is the future judgment of our Lord. But God's choice of the cross I want to think of it, dear brethren, as the supreme expression of his love and the claims of that love. Because the love of God, we speak of it, we preach it in the gospel. But the supreme evidence of the love of God is the cross. God chose it, we read in Acts chapter 2 and verse 23. According to the foreknowledge and the purposes of God, you have crucified and slain the blessed person of the Savior. So the greatest event, In the history of our world is God manifesting the evidence, the supremacy of his love. Because God is expressing love for a people in whom there is nothing lovable. Why should he love me so? He turns my eye to Calvary. God chooses to express the purposes of his love by means of the cross. The abandonment, the darkness, the suffering the humiliation, the loneliness of the glorious person of his eternal co-equal, the Son of God, upon Golgotha's tree. And God is saying that's my love for you. That's how much I am willing to give. God spared not his own Son, but delivered him up for us all. Even the powers of evil were held back, restrained. And all the The evil of men was allowed to be unfolded and to just be poured out without resistance. As the Lord Jesus stepped forth from Gethsemane, he said to the people, this is your hour. God is withholding. Man is able to pour out the hatred of the absoluteness of his lostness upon the blessed, glorious person of the Lord Jesus. And God says, that's my love for you. Let man expose the absolute lostness of his nature. and Calvary is the answer. God gives to me a look at the cross and gives me to see a love that could not be restrained. no man could outpour the awfulness of shame upon the lovely face of the Savior, upon his holy body, to torment his mind and to blaspheme the spiritual nature and character And purpose of his own presence in our world. Poor, wicked, evil men we are. Nothing about us of which to be proud. As God points me to Calvary. He says, that's my love. The supreme evidence of divine love. Is to look at the cross. But he is also looking at the claims of his love. Upon the objects whom he loved. You see, the love of God is not just put upon me. As sort of a blanket, God is kind and so he is good to me. And he gives his beloved son to the cross to keep me from going down into the pit of hell and the eternal lake of fire which I righteously deserve. No, it's more than that, beloved. He's laying hold of me with that love. I listen to the beloved Apostle John and he says, the disciple whom Jesus loved. You see, the love of God claims you body, soul. And spirit, I am no longer my own. I am his. Wondrous love, God has laid hold of me. He captivates my spirit. He wants me indeed to enter into the purposes of that love. What are the purposes of divine love? Why would God lay hold of a mortal, the wonder of it all? Divine love claims me for divine purpose. And as I read through the epistle to the Romans, I see that purpose. Turn to Romans chapter 8. And God begins to unfold the purpose of the great manifestation of his love. When he spared not his own son, delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? Now that's not talking about bread on the table. That's not talking about the material things that he gives. That's talking about the realm of the spiritual into which he brings us. He has purposes for your life, purposes for every day of it, whether it be in a time of sickness, whether it be in a time of plenty, whether it be in times of training, or whether it be in times of correction. The cross tells me of a supreme love that claims me, that I may be fashioned like unto the blessed person of his glorious Son, that we may bear likeness to his excellencies, that the world might see that the gospel of grace is the cross of Christ. It's not a modern cross. It's not something that says you can be the athlete that you want to be and just add the Savior's name to it. That's a modern cross. The cross of Christ says the world is on that cross. That world is finished for you now. You are finished for that world now. Now you are mine. And all the purposes of Of a world yet to be uncovered. Yet to be displayed. Colossians chapter 3. That's my world. That's my hope. That's God's claim upon me. When Christ shall be manifested. You will be manifested with him. That's the great glory. That God has in purpose. Through the love. Which he chose. When he chose the cross of Calvary. We couldn't have a greater honor. We could never belong to a greater master. We could never have a greater purpose for life than God's purpose of the cross, which he chose. But Christ's choice of the cross, he chose Calvary. I love to dwell upon the Lord Jesus choosing Calvary. Not only does it involve us brother and sister, but that is the supreme display of his obedience to God. And obedience is made beautiful in the person of the Lord Jesus. Our flesh is never going to be submissive to the things of God. Never. He's unconvertible. You can't train him. No sense wasting your time. What we see is in the person of the Lord Jesus, in order to give to God the pleasure of his infinite heart, he chose the cross. You see, the cross brought him to the place of absolute obedience, death, to give to God the ultimate of his affection and of his obedience. What a wonderful Savior. Can we love those things that gave him pain? Can I turn to a world that spat in his face and hold his hand? Can I go to the place where men gloried in their shame, spit upon his face and lacerated his back, the place where they held the dance? Can I go there? The Lord Jesus chose that place so he would give to God the utmost of his obedience, the absoluteness of his total loyalty to his word. In his affection for his person, I turned my back upon that which gave him pain. God, help us to fear sin, to be ashamed of our own sin, to realize what it cost my Savior to love me, to look at the cross. But I read another very beautiful thing in light of what I've just been mentioning. Christ loved the church, and he gave himself for it. That love of the Lord Jesus to tread the pathway of shame, to allow men to take his holy hands and impale them to that wooden tree. Every mark of pain and suffering he accepted in the silence of the dignity of his love, his love for the church. He is saving the church in order to represent him in the world when he has gone to heaven. Dear saints, don't compromise that cross. The social drinking, partying, going to the theater is totally opposed to this cross. It's so unbecoming for one who was loved unto the death of the cross to be found in such a place. Such claims of our world have no more claim upon you now. It's the love that led your Savior to the Calvary that claims you. Where will he find you now? Ah, he'll find you on the street corner with tracks in your hand. Why? Because he went to the cross for me. I'll go to the street corner for him. Because he went to the cross for me, I will maintain the dignity of my body. Our world is an amoral world, which very simply means it has no morals. And those principles get into the mind and that's where the trouble starts, brethren. Worldliness always starts in our mind, always. Cleanse your mind with the holy principles of the cross work of Christ. And as you are reading, the cross forbids... That I should take part with the world that dared to strike that lovely face. I once was amongst them in my sin. Today I wish to stand like John near that cross. and Be able to look into his face and be able to say, The Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. What does it mean that the disciple carries the cross, bears the cross? He participates in the meaning of its reproach. Dear brethren, we have lost an identity. Thank God we have. Don't bear characteristics to the old identity. No, no, no. You're bearing a cross now. Choose the cross. A new identity. I'm a Christian. I'm not who I was. I'm a believer. And that should characterize my life, a life of faith and believing. I'm associated with those who are linked with the cross. Choosing the cross means very simply... I choose to tread the path my Savior trod before me. God graciously reach our heart and help us to look again at Calvary. And remember, God chose Calvary so he could show to me the purposes of his love. The Lord Jesus chose Calvary so he could give to God the utmost of his obedience and teach us the wondrous lesson of pleasing God. And he loved me. He gave himself for me. How can I love a godless world? How can I allow the old flesh to be the proprietor of this body? God graciously give me grace just to live in the shadow of the cross till I see his precious face.
0: Yes, the believer can say, the son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. Christ chose the cross to show his complete obedience to God and to demonstrate to us what devotion to God truly is. The depths of what really took place at Calvary will never really be known on this side of heaven. So, how can we as believers ever turn our eyes back to this poor world around us for any real meaning or satisfaction? May we all come to the realization of the tremendous love of God for us, and allow Him to work out His purposes for us in our daily lives. We trust that today's broadcast has encouraged you in your walk for the Lord. And if you are not a believer in Christ, we'd ask you to read the Bible, God's Word, and find out what God wants you to know about your need, and about a wonderful Savior who came to meet that need to put away your sins. Yes, as the old hymn says, there is room at the cross for you. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. My name is John Sharp and thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior. And in times like these, you need an Anchor.